Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. This week, I am going to drink some whiskey. Surprising, I know. We're going to, I'm going to keep saying we. Uh, I'm bringing you all on the ride with me, so it's always we. Uh, I'm going to enjoy some of my personal favorite distillery, uh, some single barrels of some things that I help pick. Um... There's one here that I didn't help pick. I was going to do them blind, but my wife is uh, like 38 weeks or like three weeks from giving birth. So I didn't want to uh, uh, die. So I didn't want her to ask. I wouldn't want to ask her to make a blind for me of whiskey so she can't drink and uh, before she goes to bed. So the first one on the docket when I actually start to drink it is going to be almonds. Uh, Old Scout. It's uh, one of the first few six-year uh, offerings I've seen since their stock's starting to get a little older. Uh, this one is 113.2 proof. It's their newest offering uh, at Almonds. Barrel 24.382. And this was obviously MGP. I went down to Smooth Ambler, always one of the best places to pick barrels. There's no better people in the industry. Um, it's changed a little bit since it's gotten bought out by a, a big corporate company, but it still has a small town feel, although it's becoming a pretty large distillery. They actually do a really good job of rolling out six barrels for you. Letting you pick blind what the age and uh, cooperage is. Um, and then they had a few extras for me because, you know, uh, uh, they love me. At least a few of them do. Uh, a few of them don't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we picked this barrel. It was towards the end of the day. And it was really a standout barrel to me, especially. Uh, I thought it had huge fruit notes, which if you listen to this podcast, you know is big for me. I'm a big fruit guy when it comes to uh, especially MGP whiskey. Uh, but as a podcast as a whole today, we're going to talk about, since I've got all these MGPs, we're going to sort of just you know shoot the shit about uh, MGP. We do that a lot. Well, since it's my favorite distillery, I have a lot to say about it. Um, never been there in person. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know if I ever will, but you know, damn it. It's the whiskey that got me into it and I'm going to stick with it and they keep putting out good shit. So why not? So, uh, first thing I'm going to talk about is a little bit of a, a comeback of the controversy of uh, Traverse city that happened a while back. Uh, I don't remember. I think I talked about it on this podcast. So basically, um, a local Chicago group picked a barrel from Traverse City, and they were led to believe that it was MGP. When uh, <clears throat> when they got the bottles, um, they realized quickly that a it wasn't MGP, and b it wasn't what they picked um, because they kept the samples from that they were sent. The mash bills were wrong, I believe, and. Uh, the proofs were different from bottling to when it was, when they had the samples to bottling the proofs, the proofs changed significantly. So, uh, 
they knew that that wasn't the whiskey they picked, um, and they knew that it wasn't MGP. Uh, Traverse City stuck to their guns and said, well, it was uh, MGP's mash bill that MGP contract distilled from Barton, which is bullshit, uh, because why would MGP, the third largest distillery uh, in the nation, contract distill from Barton? That just doesn't make any sense. They're pumping out juice on a daily basis. Now, what does make sense is Barton recreated their mash bill and made their own stuff. That makes sense, which is probably what happened. But needless to say, um, the owner of Traverse City wasn't very uh, forthright with it to begin with and sort of beat up, beaded, bait. He was beating around the bush. Um, and I, I, Chris is a good dude. I like Chris. So it's. I'm sure there was some sort of a misunderstanding somewhere, somewhere along the lines. But uh, you do not want to piss off this particular Chicago group of, of characters. Uh, they will definitely. Uh, uh, they will definitely make your life miserable if, if possible. So anyway, <clears throat> that was months ago though, and it was put to rest and. Well, yada, yada, yada. It came back up a couple weeks ago or a week ago because a sales rep for Traverse City went on a podcast, which the sales rep probably never thought was going to be listened to, much like anybody that comes on this podcast. Uh, But one of the Chicago guys heard it, and the uh, rep basically said that it was not a refused barrel. It was a recalled barrel or something like that. He used some different verbiages to try to make it look like it wasn't sent back, which it eventually was. He also used, he tried to say that MGP was contract distilling from Barton, which is goofy. Um, and basically just brought the whole thing back up and pissed off the Chicago guys again. And they started talking about it again. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Chris got on the horn with somebody and worked it out, which was what I assumed would happen. And I assumed what Chris would say, uh, which I assume I'm doing a lot of assumption. You know what happens when you assume anyway, uh, that what, what happened ultimately is that the, the sales rep didn't really know he was new. He didn't really know the situation and was just speaking out of turn, which doesn't surprise me at all. Especially when you have a sales rep, a regional sales rep going on a podcast, you have a few drinks, Loose lips sink ships, you know, all that jazz. So anyway, that's the base, basic just of Traverse City. That's just a, a current events note. So talk to back to talking about MGP as a whole. <clears throat> I had a different I had an interesting conversation with a group a couple guys uh uh last week or the week before. Is it ever gonna run out? <clears throat> Is MGP juice gonna run out? Uh, my my answer to that is no. I mean, not now. They have run out of older stock, of course, because 13 years ago or 12, 14, 15 years ago when LDI um, Seagram's was bought by MGP, they didn't know that the bourbon boom was going to take place. So you ran out of that age product. And that's why that's more scar- scarce now. I mean, 10-year-old, 11-year-old product is almost unheard of. Uh, Smoke Wagon just put out a whole line of uh, 10-year-old barrels that were the first things produced 
uh, at the distillery by MGP distillers. So that just tells you that and that's the that's the oldest juice that they have made for themselves. Whatever they had before that was produced by LDI. Uh, so the answer to the question is no. It's not going to run out because they've been producing so much whiskey for so long. And when the six-year stuff runs out, you're going to have five-year stuff that's right behind it that's going to backpedal it up. And you got four-year stuff coming behind that five-year. You got just a a huge line of these aged whiskeys coming that are all going to be, you know, they're going on seven years. So basically, you're just going to keep water falling forward of whiskey back behind it. So you're basically going to have a steady, steady stream now since they've been producing like mad men ever since the boom started, which was, you know, seven years ago or so. Seems like only yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, that's just it's not not going to run out. Not MGP stuff. I mean, <clears throat> the only things that you have scarcity on now is Buffalo Trace, and that's false. They've got the juice. They've got the whiskey to put out whatever they want. That's why they keep putting out new strains of uh, Weller, new labels, because they got the they got the whiskey <clears throat> and they got it to a certain age that they think is going to be good enough, but they don't want to put it all out. They don't want to keep putting out a lot. They don't want to ramp up uh, quantities because they don't have to. A, they can hold it and put it into stuff for older and make more money. And B, they they want that scarcity. They want that allocated. They want that label of being allocated. As much as Julian Van Winkle flaps his gums about the fact they don't like the secondary market, that's what's made them. <laughs> that's what's made them what they are now. Some people would say <clears throat> whatever that Maxim article was and all that maybe started the roll, started the 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 rock going down the hill. But it's definitely been the secondary market and people, the cachet that goes along with having that oh rent Van Winkle or Blot B or whatever, which is interesting to me that. People fall all over themselves for over at Van Winkle. And you got a two-year more age product in Lot B that doesn't go for much more on the secondary market because it's not got a cool wizard on it. And it doesn't look as cool on your shelf. But it's a superior whiskey. And you can get it for 100 bucks, 200 bucks more than what you pay for over at Van Winkle. But then you go up to Pappy 15 and it's skyrockets. All right, I'm going to drink the first whiskey. I'm a little I'm a little uh sinusy, so uh my sniffer ain't going to be great. So when I remember <clears throat> picking this whiskey, it was a huge cherry bomb. And tasting this at the store the other day, I did not get quite that. But it's been another six months in a barrel. Uh, who knows what happened to it after that? It's got a little graininess to start, but that quickly turns to a little bit of a cherry, citrusy. Uh, Bill, who I was drinking with yesterday, drinking it with, mentioned pear, but I don't really get pear. I think pear is going to be a tough thing to get out of a whiskey because it's such a lightly flavored fruit to begin with. Unless you're talking fake pear flavoring. 
fifty dollars a bottle, I think, for these at Almonds. Um, it's a really nice whiskey. Not the best MGP I've had at the age, but definitely um, top ten, top fifteen. You would not be ha- unhappy about this purchase. Second drink, I get a little banana, which is odd. Maybe that's a little bit of the graininess mixed with the fruity. I just did not remember it having any use to it when we picked it. Of course, it was like 10 to 15 barrels in at that point. So you never know. At that point, it's a crapshoot. It's awful. I hate having allergies. And every time it starts getting colder here, it just ramps up and just makes it awful. So we talked about MGP. I guess why do I love MGP? Oh, that's nice. I'm watching the Cowboys Eagles game and the Cowboys are about to run away with this. It's got a nice interception by this big white dude, Van Draster or whatever his name is. Anyway, uh, MGP, why do I like it? Oh, Kelvin Joseph's out there. Nice. Kelvin Joseph's play for Kentucky. Um, MGP's always hit the hot the the, the spot for me. Um, a, I've tasted a lot of it, so that probably has a lot to do with it and sort of people look at me as like a <clears throat> some sort of a knowledgeable person when it comes to MGP. Um, it's just what I've fallen into, basically. It's always hit a, uh, a sweet spot for me with the fruity, fruit-forward stuff. Uh, uh, I'm not a big guy for oaks, oak, and unless you get into the older, excuse me, 15, 16-year-old stuff, you don't get a ton of oak. I mean, the older stuff, man, you you hit a hit you hit a uh, sweet spot at about ten year old nine to ten single barrels. The the uh, run that smooth ambler OKI to a certain extent. Um, some of uh, Blom Brothers stuff. Some of the old school bottlers for it. The run that they had of LDI Seagram stuff in that area in that time frame was just so good. It's so consistently delicious, the high rise stuff. It is, oak is there, but it's not prevalent. It's so candy sweet, a lot of it. It's just ridiculous. It's it's like uh people with dusties. I mean, they get hooked on dusties where you get the dusty funkness. That's sort of like me with MGP. I, I'm hooked on that candy sweetness. Um, so, again, you know, what else about MGP? I mean, we t- I've talked about the next, the next big MGP bottlers. Who's going to be the next NDP? I think a lot of that is dependent on price now. Because you have some of these NDPs like Jepson's that are putting out six-year-old cast-strength MGP bourbon for $40. And then you have other places that are putting out five-year-old cast-strength MGP for $90. 
how do you, I mean, how do you rationalize that as a person who's buying MGP or loves MGP, you look at these two MVPs and you're like, well, why are you charging me $90 and you're charging me $40 for basically the same product? Uh, what, what ends up being is one of them made a deal straight from MGP to pick up juice and they made it at a good time and they made it when they made it, they made it for uh, large sums of whiskey and they're not buying from a secondary broker, which the other one probably is. So your price goes up because you're paying a third party an additional fee because they have to make money. But I think at some point that's going to have to shake itself out because why is a consumer as much as I might like the people that own that NDP own that label, how can I rationalize asking anybody who follows me and enjoys the picks that I pick? How can I rationalize telling them that I'm picking something for $90 that may or may not be as good as something they can get for $40 that I pick? It's, it's a tough pill to swallow. And it started with the aged rise from MGP. A lot of the uh, NDP started getting those. So those went nuts. And a lot of them weren't. uh, It wasn't a lot of it out there at that point. So it was okay that you're charging a hundred bucks for a a seven-year-old MGP rye because it was so dried up. But now it's everywhere. And now you're starting to find bourbon that's seven years old, six years old. And for a good price, it's going to be tough to rationalize is what I think is coming down the pike. We'll see what happens. All right, let me run through these other whiskeys because I've talked for damn near 20 minutes of just rambling. Let's do let's do a non-almonds. I got Timer's Beverage. This was picked the same time is the mythical remus was picked they actually got first the first pick we picked a one they were going to pass up on this one is i think six years old five years old 116 proof uh, you can buy this at Timer still. It's called Racing Barrelheads. Why they use that name? Anyway, find it at Timers for fifty-four bucks, fifty-six bucks. I can't remember. This is really nice. It's got a nice spice to it. It's got a nice spice, nice caramel notes. Tasty. This is a tasty bottle. It doesn't have a ton of Kentucky hug. It's not going to knock you out like that, but it does have it does have a nice lingering sm- uh, spice. That's a buy for me, man. You got to go get it, and not just because I pick, help pick it. 
that's just a dang good bottle. And I think they got first. We got first picks of uh, all the stuff that came to Wisconsin. All right, we're right at twenty minutes. Y'all probably don't want to listen to me ramble for more than twenty minutes. Is there anything else? Oh, I wanted to talk about the Woodmans. I'll do that one too. Let me finish this. That was a holy poor chat. I probably shouldn't have poured that much. Well, anybody wants to send me any suggestions for topics to talk about, um, feel free to. I'm always open. Uh, anybody send me a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you want to. Follow me at Bourbon Boys on Instagram. <clears throat> Check out uh, www.giftsonglass.net and you can get some Bourbon Boy swag still. I don't talk about them very much anymore. Uh, I'm going to start trying to mention them more because <clears throat> we need to get that back up. We got hats and t-shirts and glasses and starting to get cold. Get you a sweatshirt. And those, those sweatshirts are really soft and nice. And he has really good stocking shirts, too. Uh, man, I don't know if I want to keep y'all hostage. If anybody's still listening to this 21 minutes in. I just don't want to chug this because it's so spicy. It's going to give me, make me cough, probably. All right. Oh. Oh, the news about MGP changing their name. I can't remember what it was. They changed it to since they bought. uh, What's the name of that place? Uh, The Rebel and Rima Lux Rose. They bought Lux Rose. They changed their name from MGP. Let me pour this last one. This is another Remus. This one is actually Woodman's Market. 110 proof, 0. 0.5. 110.5 proof. Uh, I bought this in Green Bay a couple weeks ago when I was up there. Just a bottle to have when I was up there for work in the hotel. I was like, man, I'm going to buy a bottle and just sort of chill in the hotel tonight and have a couple drinks and a $50 bottle. I was like, why not? <clears throat> but you tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. This one really blew my mind how good it was. Because Woodman's generally speaking to me, since they do such quantity, they don't do a whole lot of quality when it comes to picking barrels. It's sort of like... <laughs> Whatever the distillery wants to send them most of the time. So like Benny's now. Um, Benny's now, I mean, just whatever somebody rolls out for them, they're taking. Because they can sell it and they don't have to worry about it. This has got a real nice fruity nose. Palette really falls through with that. Really soft, delicate fruits. It reminds me of last year's Remus pick for Mythical. Very delicate. <clears throat> it's nothing that's just going to knock your socks off or beat you to death, but it's just like a really pleasant, easy-drinking whiskey. And Woodman sells their shit so cheap. It's like, if you can find a pick they did that was good, stock up on that shit, man, because I went and bought another bottle the other day just because I wanted to have a backup. Ended up opening it already. So 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. We're at 25 minutes. I haven't rambled for 25 minutes in quite a while. So until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.